0: Welcome to the Conversations About Light podcast, a Kings Cross podcast illuminating our desire to engage in light-hearted conversations that are grounded in scripture. Our hope is that through these conversations, our community will be encouraged and grow in their curiosity about light.
1: All right, welcome to another episode of Conversations About Light. I'm Caleb. I'm joined here again with Josh and Mark. Tell us something interesting that uh, happened this week for you, Mark.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I thought we agreed to not asking uh, questions without
3: notice. notice.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. My daughter got a bee sting. Did and, she? Uh, her foot swelled up for two days. It kept getting bigger and bigger until we almost took it to the hospital. It it was uh, interesting, hilarious. Uh, she looked she looked like a, a hobbit with this hairy oh, little <laughs> little. <laughs> the swelling went all up her ankle. It, it got scary for a minute.
1: Wow! Did so you saw the bee sting it?
2: No, we knew it was a bee sting. Um, and she came in, but then only the, the following day. And this is a parenting fail. The following day, we saw that the bee sting was still in her toe. And Uh. we removed that and then
3: and then (laughs) the (laughs) swelling started to go down. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Nice. You (laughs) just Uh,
3: I don't know if this is interesting, but I went to the gym for the first time in ages. Nice. So, so, so that was sweaty and and difficult.
1: So I believe it's not it's it's a particular type of gym. Do you want to share what type of gym that is?
3: Um, it's a UFC gym, but don't oh, let that don't let that deceive you. <laughs> UFC obviously stands for something else. That you're. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Ultimate um, friendly cuddles. Yeah, that's right. That's that's what we're working on. If we can get that right, we'll be doing well.
1: Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Um, Something interesting about my week is haley has been away this week, so nothing really interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, anyway, so let's jump into uh, today's scripture reading.
0: This is a reading from Luke 18 verses 18 to 30 in the English Standard Version. And a ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother. And he said, all these I've kept from my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack, sell all that you have and distribute it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. When he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. Jesus, seeing that he had become sad, said, How difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard it said, Then who can be saved? But he said, What is impossible with man is possible with God. And Peter said, See, we have left our homes and followed you. And he said to them, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who will not receive many times more in this time and in the age to come eternal life.
1: Well, let's start with Mark and hear what you're noticing within this text.
2: Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, this is obviously a stitch-up, because I thought we were starting with Josh. We, we were, but then he, he gave me pointy fingers towards <laughs> you, so... Um, so, uh, okay. Uh, there's a. I spoke to a young man recently who visited a, a church, and he was he's not a Christian, and I said to him, what did you find challenging about uh, being at a church? And he said, well, it's interesting, I, I didn't expect the singing of songs, so that was his... But as, and, and so I kind of pushed and said, "But but what part was confronting? Was there anything that happened that kind of, you found it difficult... He said, yeah, there was this one thing. I, I find it difficult and intense. And he said, it's the idea of devotion to God. Um, right. That's mm. that's. I'm not sure that I could do that. And um, I think we have a text here where that's kind of what's going on is uh, not belief in God, not um, you're okay with God or you would vote God, yeah. but w- what are you devoted to? Where does your devotion lie? Uh, a devotion to God. And, and so you've got this... We start off with this uh, rich young ruler mm. um, who comes to Jesus and asks him uh, a really good question, right? And, and he says, good teacher, must I, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He, it's a great question for him to ask. He obviously is—he cares about important and meaningful things, like probably everyone who listens to this podcast, you, you really care about uh, life and meaning mm. and purpose and the future, and this man uh, obviously does. He says, good teacher. Now, now in that day, an interesting thing is how they learnt. So, we learn today by a teacher asking us a question, and then we prove our knowledge by stating the answer to the teacher, and then we get a pass mark. In that day, that's not how they learnt. The way that you would learn is that you would uh, go back and forth with questions. So, the, Mm. the questions are really the answers, and so, by asking, "How might I have eternal life?" There's a real sincerity, but he's also he's he's also asking Jesus for an answer, and Jesus' answer comes to him in an interesting way, in which he goes like, "Why do you call me good?" And um, Jesus is saying something there, and he's also showing something of of the man himself. And I'll just make this point, and then would love Josh to pick up from there. But the point is that in the Talmud, there was no rabbis ever called good. There's no there's no. Um, recording of any rabbi being called good because good was uh, only God. Only God could be called good. Right. So for this man to come to Jesus and to say, good rabbi, um, how might I receive eternal life? He's noticing something about Jesus and he's stating it publicly in a very declarative way. He's mm-hmm. like, "He's yeah. you're more than just a man. You're more than a prophet. He's calling Jesus by a, a God title um, this kind of God Rabbi and Jesus is picking up on it, and the way Jesus picks up on it is by asking him a question: Why do you call me good? And and uh, he doesn't. So we're going to get to eternal life, but Jesus first yeah. stops to point to the man that you're on the right track, you're, you're 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 getting it, you're very very close to actually getting eternal life. You're knowing that I'm that I'm God, that there's a connection between me and God. Like you're you're closer to your own answer than you think you are.
3: Yeah. Well, I think that that statement. As Jesus replies, one thing I'm noticing when he says, there's no one good except God, that's a confrontation for us, right? Because we assume, I'm basically good. And and Jesus' diagnosis of humanity is, God alone is good, mm. we're not. And so there's an immediate kind of acknowledgement there of the human condition right in front of the text. So I'm noticing that the other thing i also seeing is the kind of shocking turn of events, how this guy, you know, he's kept all the law, and he's like, I've, I've polished all of these laws and held them up, and whether he has or not is, I guess, a question. question. Um, but it's very um, shocking that it's not sufficient. So if we kind of look, look in, inward again upon ourselves and go, well, I wish I was like that guy who kept all the law. That would be amazing. <laughs> and Jesus kind of, um, no, that's not, you know, come and follow me, Give up everything. And that's very uh, counterintuitive, I guess. It's very um, different to how we think, oh, surely I'm good, or if I do a lot of good things, that'll be enough. And Jesus kind of undermines both of those. One, only God is good. Two, even keeping all the law isn't enough. And, uh, yeah, so I think definitely noticing that. And then maybe the other thing I'd say I'm noticing is the shock of the disciples. They're <laughs> like, what? How How then can anyone uh, get saved? And, and Jesus Beautifully says, well, you need God to be involved because it's not going to work by yourself. Mm. Right? Yeah, I just want to pick up on, pick up on what yeah, Josh yeah. was
2: saying about um, uh, the law that he saw himself. I think the the rabbis then they did teach that they they thought that, and that's what the Pharisees were teaching that your righteousness comes by the law, and so they truly believed that they could keep the law, hence creating so many laws that hedged the laws. They were keeping themselves yeah. so tightly inside of it because they felt like it was through this way that we can be righteous before God. And here's a man who is counting on his goodness. And I think we mustn't be too quick to distance ourselves from his feelings yes. that, he, that he's counting on his goodness to somehow gain him favor With God, And he's a rich young ruler, so everyone else looking at his life would would think the same, that somehow God is blessing your righteousness because you're a keeper of the law, you're a doer of good, you obviously obey God. Um, Paul even said, I'll, I'll read to you Philippians 3, 6, Paul says, this is what he was before he became a follower of Jesus. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. So Paul is saying, you know, the teaching that I was under before Christ that said we could be righteous by the law, I did that perfectly. Yeah. But then I met Christ and found that it was insufficient. It, yeah. It, and now I give it all up just for the sake of knowing Christ. And and this is really this, that's what Paul did when he saw Jesus. And and that's a similar moment that this guy has. You can yeah. give it all up. You're, you're here in front of God. Yeah. You can give it all up for the sake of Christ. Everything you're counting on, you can give up for the sake of Christ. Come and follow me. That's yeah. what's been placed upon him. Yeah. And Paul says, whatever gain I have, I count it as lost. He gets to the heart. Yeah. Nothing means anything to me but knowing Christ. This guy doesn't say that. <laughs> for yeah. him, It's a little different. <laughs> yeah. He walks away sad. Everything I have still has meaning to me. Yeah. Um, but I also want to
3: follow Christ. And yeah. I'm a bit torn. And, and that call, like how Jesus puts it, come and follow me, compared to uh, keep the rules, you know, is completely uh, different. And so I think that's right. He's arriving with this. Uh, what are all the rules I need? And Jesus unhinges him. It's like, no, if you will follow me, that's where um, where you'll find salvation and, and that's how you inherit the kingdom is by following Jesus. What a comp- – Upending for ourselves, I often think of that myself. Um, I enjoy keeping rules by and large, mm. but I think I can keep the rules and not follow Jesus. Do you know, that's totally possible, and that's I think one of the one of the ways in this text. Like you're saying, while keeping ourselves close to this guy, mm. how often do we end up in a situation like that? I know I do constantly. Like oh, I'm doing all the good things, I'm, I'm not doing anything bad, mm. but my following of Jesus. And and I think Jesus' invitation is legitimate and real. He's not he's not just pressing upon his heart, but he's also saying, Give up everything, mm-hmm. put it aside mm-hmm. and come after me. And is that we, sometimes I think we can try and want to water that. Oh, he just means don't bother too much about wealth or other priorities. But Jesus is literally inviting us with mm-hmm. a real invite into inheritance is that, yeah, if you make me above all and follow me. You will inherit uh, everything that God has for you rather than if you try to keep the law, well, it's going to be super, really boring, <laughs> actually, or really insufficient. Mm. Yeah, mm.
1: it's that's sort of like rules are a, a good measure for us to um, see how good we're doing against ourselves and yeah. that like sense of legalism and morality and yeah. where Jesus is calling into a relationship with, with him where he's sort of that measure for... What's good or what's helpful? Yeah.
2: If I can just make a comment on what you just said, I think that's very. It's a very good point because I saw, I I heard it, and we have we have a men's group that is going through um, the book deeper. And at one of our recent morning meetings, a few of the guys were saying, me included, that it's an interesting thing that the the more mature you consider yourself as a Christian, and by that you mean like. How long I've been a Christian? How many times I've gone to church? How much of the Bible I know and understand? How many people look to me for biblical advice, or, or like all of those kinds of—in other words, like maybe our own version of the law or some sort of Christian moralism. Mm. The more you feel like you've advanced in that way, the less you feel that you can confess your sins right. to other people because, like, I—I I let them down. I, you know, like it's kind of oh how the mighty have fallen, and and we forget like but yeah. but all of that is wrong we we never we are good we were never righteous mm. we were always counting on Christ's righteousness Christ never assumed we were righteous he still doesn't assume we we're righteous he obviously is working to change us but um any kind of cloaking ourselves in good works and and then feeling like we can't share with each other where we're struggling or what we're working through is is this is this guy kind of i'd no, rather give me something to do as opposed to relying on Christ, as opposed to walking with Christ and following Christ. So right. anyway, I, I see it at work in my own heart. I see it at work with the, with a the gentleman that uh, we're far closer to his reality than we sometimes think mm. I am far closer.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that's a great point that you make, that we are far closer to this rich young ruler's reality so a- another question could be, what are you noticing about his response then to what Jesus is saying?
3: It says he's, he's obviously sad and so he has, there's clearly a battle going on, right? There's clear a, clearly a struggle between what he had hoped for and the reality on the ground of, of oh, in order to follow Jesus, I have to give up all that. What? And so I think um, I'm noticing a struggle in particular. Which then, uh, again, when I look at myself, I notice that same struggle, is that I struggle to let go of other things to follow Jesus, which is, I think that's one of the things I'd be, I'd be picking up there in his response.
2: Yeah, I think it points to this idea, let me see if I can say it very clearly, I, I and I'd love people who are hearing this to come and kind of help me say it better next time, but you know, Jesus goes on, and Peter says, "You know, we've left this, we've left that, and blah blah blah." You know, mm. and Jesus is like, "Well, no one who's follow, no one who's left anything to follow me, won't in this life receive everything multiple times." I don't think in, I don't think he's actually like trying to do an accounting exercise and like <laughs> match beans for beans. I, I don't think that's the point. I think what is happening is these two things: if you have an option to follow Jesus, and you choose not to. For any reason, you choose family, career, pleasures, comfort, securities, yeah. any other heart idol, while you serve that, there will be a degree of sadness that you experience and yeah, loss. The whole time that you have that and hold that, yeah. it won't satisfy, it won't be sufficient, it won't give you what it promised, and you will live with sadness, hmm. a sadness, a missingness. However, whatever you've given up, to follow Jesus, you will find that what you get with him is so much more than everything you gave up. Not beans for beans, but the absence of that sadness. So there's this contrast. Mm. Don't follow Jesus and find that everything you, get devo- you devote yourself to leaves you empty and sad. Follow Jesus and find that everything you, you gave up for him, uh, in the long run, you never lost. He gave you back so much more. And I think that's the kind of, I think that's what he's kind of showing us.
3: Yeah. Um, Peter's response seems very excited, right, when after the the man responds then he's like, yes, we've done it. Mm-hmm. We did it, all that. So there's a kind of a sense of excitement in Peter, like, yeah, we've done this. But I don't think he also Peter even realizes that what's coming, because I think some of the other versions of this and the other guys will say, you'll receive all those things and persecutions. And then I think the next verse, which we'll we'll deal with in another podcast, is like Jesus saying, I'm going to die. This is where this is heading. We're, come follow me. We're going to the cross. Mm-hmm. So I think um, even Peter's initial response, and maybe I sometimes our response is like, Oh yeah, being well, God, we gave this, and you owe us all this yeah. and but actually no, following Jesus means abandoning all of our um, claims to rights and things we I follow Jesus because he's worthy, he's beautiful, he's good, he is the source of all life and even I think you know in the ultimate, even even if I I have to give it all up, he is still <laughs> worth it mm-hmm. despite whatever whatever may come and I think that's the struggle that the rich man's having like, it's not worth it. I don't want to surrender this. Peter seems to think, "Oh, I've done it," um, but I think as he later on he finds out, "Oh, actually, it was a, it was a bit more than I expected." <laughs> and 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 God's grace and goodness—we are still dependent on God, you know. And that's why I think even through all of this, the the struggle of response is one we all struggle with. And time and time again, Peter at this moment is excited about his response. Mm. Later on, he's not so much. And that's why we have to continue to follow Jesus, not keep the rules, you know, because mm. the rules only get you. So, cl- staying close to Jesus is what, um, is what we are called to do. We're called to follow Him, you know, and I think that's yeah. Those responses are very difficult. <laughs> sometimes we're we're uh, more optimistic than we should be, and sometimes we're <laughs> <laughs> way more pessimistic than we should be. Yeah,
1: I love how. Um Peter does have that really excited response, like yeah. you're saying, Josh, because um, it's almost like Jesus recognises that this man's sad and that's like a very empathetic response. And then Peter's almost backing Je- what Jesus is saying by being like, come on, yeah. just give it all up <laughs> because what he's saying is true. Like we've done this. We're following Jesus. It's, it's yeah. actually like you've got nothing to worry about. Yeah. So it's like that mm. sense of like even – Peter's just like, come on, just jump on this road with me. (laughs) Just in closing, what would you like our community, what would you like us to leave this conversation, Mm -hmm. thinking about leave this conversation, um, going into this next week with On Our Minds?
3: I'll give an idea and then, Mark, if you give me a couple of questions maybe. But I think abandoning everything to trust in Jesus and follow him is something that we constantly struggle with and i guess it's a daily and constant heart question am i willing and that's really the crunch i think of this text came down to the rich man couldn't do it it was too hard to he didn't find either yeah he didn't see the value and yes i think the trust and abandonment question is is a big
2: so maybe a, a question in light of that people could ask, If am I trusting Jesus? Am I following Him? I? Maybe a, maybe we could ask, is there anything in your life causing you sadness? That because you're holding on to it, you're clinging to it, there's a, there's a spiritual sadness that you know of. And today, tomorrow, this week, you can pray to ask God to help open your hands and to trust Him to let that go.
0: Thanks for joining us today. To learn more, head over to perthchurch.com.au where you can find sermon resources that dive deeper into these conversations. If you found this conversation helpful, we would love you to leave a review and share it with your family and friends.